Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, into pop five, fairway, what you fin do? Think I'll try to get on into start right, good line, good view, it drew, shoot him, make Gavin. Thumbs up. podcast presented by Manscaped. Uh, this ad rates itself. We got Brandon from Shafts and Balls. So if you want to, I don't know, clean up yours, uh, take care of your hygiene, upgrade your hygiene, your Shafts and Balls, uh, use the promos code OTS Golf for uh, 20% off plus man or uh, plus free shipping from manscaped.com. OTS Golf, 20% off plus man or from Manscaped. Free shipping, whatever. Okay. We've heard it enough times. But uh, yeah. Ultra premium collection. Thanks. Go ahead. We got Brandon from Shafts and Balls. That was the worst ad read. I gotta get Bryce back. Should have put, put, <laughs> put you for something. Should have put you on the. Uh, oh man, he at least like if if he starts to if it starts to unravel, he just like just owns it. I should have gave that one to you off the hop, Chris. But uh, yeah, this week That's we got right. Brandon from Shafts and Balls. Um, everybody knows uh, Chris uh, Custom Clubs. He's been on with us a few times now. So you guys are buddies. Uh, going to the range after this. So let's. Uh, Let's chat. Let's uh, learn in. a little bit more. We got a co-host for the first time, a new co-host. This is kind of good. So uh, try out for custom clubs here. I like it, man. All yeah, right. Dude. Let's, uh, I know you're, uh, I know you're boring your data, so I appreciate it. Um, we'll try and, uh, we'll try and speed this up so you guys can get to the range too. But Brandon, um, maybe just start off by telling us about yourself. Doesn't have to be like what you do in the golf world. Maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, then we can jump into it. Yeah, I mean, I built clubs. I uh, I work for a big box retailer at this point in time. You know, obviously, like anyone else, just hoping to evolve into something bigger eventually. But for now, it's it's working. I'm happy. Um, I do a lot of custom club work. I, I do really high volume, which is awesome. A lot of this business and a lot of what I do is found through trial and error. So the more you get to build, the better you get. Um, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be overloaded every day. You know, as much as day in and day out, it gets a little crazy. Um, it's it's been fun. I got along with Chris early on because we both are kind of cut from the same cloth. You know, we, we both have been golfers our whole life, but we both were both involved in metalworking. We both kind of had our own hiatus from golf and, um, you know, both kind of found golf at the same point in our life to come back to. And it's clearly changed his life. It's, it's changed mine substantially. I think when it comes to the terms of how content I am every day, I mean, I, I think golf is healthy. I think it's, productive i think it brings a lot of good into all of our lives um and the beautiful part about leaving golf and coming back was kind of that feeling like i know this is where i'm supposed to be um i worked for nike golf for almost six years and when they decided to shut down i decided it was time to leave golf it didn't seem promising and um you know i i'm back so it's, it's good to be back and i'm glad to be a part of this community it's crazy coming back into golf after this big swing because all my friends that were talking shit, Chris and I talk about this all the time. All my friends, from, you know, my twenties or when we played golf in high school, they're all playing golf now and they all want to help and they all want to know what the secret is. And it's like, you guys, you're old enough to understand how things work. There's no secret. There's no easy way out. You're going to fight like the rest of us. And we have a little head on you. So yeah, man, we talked, we, that. yeah, we talked about all the secrets before we got on camera, of course. Right. We're not going to give those We're not going to give those secrets away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> yeah there's all the uh medicinal secrets and stuff that we were talking about uh just before we hopped on but you know yeah. we've all had like a hiatus i've talked about that in the past a hiatus from golf i got away for a few years and we're back and like you know covid kind of brought a lot of new people into the game which is yeah. awesome right like i don't know the most game's the yeah. game's trending most, yeah, most awesome Man, the game's trending in a good place. Although I heard something like super negative. I don't even know if I should share it, but like, 
you guys know of Score Golf up here? It's like the big magazine up here. Mm-mm. Not familiar with it, no. So they do a top 100 ranking, and they left the National Golf Club of Canada off there. And I guess like a couple of people are like, you know, it's a top five course, or it always has been, so it was going on. And like the idea was like the inclusivity that we're kind of trying to bring to the game, which would be, you know, everybody like we're not just talking about a social status or male female whatever it is it's guys that look like you and chris and i with beards wearing hoodies stuff like that but uh yeah they have an only male membership i was like what the hell like it's 2022 man like how do the only, only male membership yeah like, so like wouldn't try to go butts and nuts in the locker room what, what, <laughs> yeah what? so you can bring a female or a woman to play the course uh she just can't ride a, shotgun she can't be a, yeah she can't be a member probably yeah so I was just drive. like, damn, my wife, like, yeah, my wife <laughs> makes, yeah, my wife makes more money than me. How am I going to get a membership here without her? Like it's, it's, uh, so that's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a strange thing. So if you guys get an opportunity to come up in here or come up to Canada, I know it's in like the Toronto area, maybe pick like Toronto golf club or something. That's a little bit, uh, a little bit different. That's uh, it's a strange thing. So there's uh, actually man, a course me. down in the desert where I'm from down here in Southern California and it's, it's all men only. And there was a big lawsuit. Yeah. I'm not going to name it. There was a big lawsuit. They got sued and the, the judge pretty much said, well, the women can go start their own women's only course. That's you're right. And it kind of ended there. That's um, so bizarre. But it, it's crazy to me because yeah, it's like, generalizations to me are kind of always a little off, right? You can't lump everyone into a group, no matter who you're talking about. Um, And to say that no women are allowed, it's a little weird. Like, look, if you want to have your own vetting process there to vet your members, that's great. But if a woman falls into that category, you know, what did she do to not deserve that opportunity? Exactly. Right. Like, so it's bizarre. Like, I know that a lot of golf clubs, like, just based on pure, like, social status are not going to have you or me or Chris or whatever it may be, but I don't know. How do you, how do you, how do you hide that one when it's, like, a male versus a female? I don't know. Strange. Anyway, so, um, what got you into it? Like, what got you into it? How long have you been in uh, building clubs right now, Brandon? On and off. Ten years. Um, you know, I was doing this. I, I, I kind of, when I got into golf, didn't know what I wanted to do in golf. I've done everything I've, I've taught. I've worked inside pro shops. I've worked in car barns. I've worked golf retail. I've worked for OEMs, you know, outside on the range doing fittings. I've done it all. And club making to me seemed like that kind of middle ground where I could still work with my hands. I could still get a little dirty, but then, you know, still work in golf. Um, so I think it was just one of those things that was always interesting and it stuck with me. I've been at the place I'm at now um, for a year. So I've been back in golf for a year. COVID threw me right back into it. I was a union metal fabricator, lost my job right when the pandemic hit. So that was part of that big swing. Um, but I always did the work at home on the side for fun. You know, it was always just, it's, it's like anything else. You learn how to change the oil on your car. Next thing you know, you're only changing your own oil. You're not paying anyone else to do it. As soon as you acquire a talent, it's like, why outsource this? I can just do this myself. So, you know, now that I'm able to kind of start doing this again for a living, it's, it's been cool. It's, I think it's the perfect middle ground for anyone who wants to, you know, grind and, and work hard and challenge themselves. It's just a good place to be. Man, you guys got a pretty similar story. You live close by too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, really, it's really fucking weird. Uh, yeah. The only difference between when he was laid off and when I was laid off is that I had a two week old. And yeah, you know, that, that, that to me was like, uh, the most, you know, ground shaking aspect of being laid off. Like I wasn't concerned about finding another job. It was, yeah, I was concerned that, you know, I'm no longer, uh, like, uh, 
an input, you know, like monetarily in the household as much as I am, you know, a, a, a dad or whatever. I'm not taking that away. I was just the kind of the, I had to get over my own stigmatization of like, if I'm not providing, you know, monetary input into the household, like what am I really doing with myself Right. And so to give myself some occupational purpose? when I sold that set of clubs out of my bag, I was like, man, that's it. You know, like if I can make double my money right here on a shitty set of Mizunos that I put together in my garage, like there's no reason that I couldn't keep doing that. And over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm on Pat leave as you guys know right now. So yeah. uh, we were talking about like, I was getting a little jammed up even just before the call. Right. So it's uh it's an adjustment regardless. Like it's uh, yeah. no matter what, right. Like we all kind of go through those things. So it's, it's kind of cool to hear you guys have a pretty similar story. Brandon is just like a better looking version of you. Eh, Chris? Absolutely. No doubt. <laughs> For anybody no doubt. checking us out no on YouTube, it's just like, yeah, but uh, no, it's cool, man. And like Chris and I become good friends. Like Brandon, you and I haven't chatted much, but Chris and I chat all the time, man. And, uh, you know, too much, other, buddy. Even the other day, he's like ripping me on my personal life. And I'm like, <laughs> like I, I put like one thing. I finally like wrote one thing on a post that had my name in it after, uh, uh, we're at 91 episodes, I think. So, uh, oh, yeah. And I'm finally God. like, oh, like Mac gets heat stroke at Top Golf. And he's like, of course, I'm in the, I'm in the custom club meme bank now. Oh, man. So good. So good. Um, yeah. <laughs> So like, brutal. <laughs> oh man, I was dying when I saw that too. I like opened it up. I was like walking down a path. I'm just like, what the hell is this? And then I realized that uh yeah, I was the target, man. It got me. It got me. It was a pretty good one. But um Brandon, That's all I wanted in life. We want to get some work done. Um, you know, what's important for someone looking to get like any work done, whether it be like I know you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit, but um like if you're just going to kind of start up that conversation, what's important for you to kind of translate or, or what is the messaging you're giving somebody who's looking to get some work done? So I think it, it really just comes down to quality work. I think the most important thing is just to kind of that who's building your clubs. Um, a big part of that is just educating yourself ahead of time. You can probe and ask the right questions and kind of hear what someone has to say and know really fast if they know what they're talking about. Um, yeah. When it comes to building, a lot of it is just communication. I mean, every build is different. It's very hard to predict what's going to happen without spending an exorbitant amount of time measuring and doing math. You know, when it comes to finding out exactly where uh, a small repair is going to land, um, you know, a build like whether it's in terms of swing weight or frequency on a shaft or something. So there's only so much you can do ahead of time, but at the very least, you could make sure, okay, who I'm dealing with knows what they're doing. Um, but more importantly, that who you're dealing with is willing to communicate with you throughout the process. I think, you know, when you're when you're doing something like buying a set of pullouts on eBay and taking them down to a shop and saying, hey, throw these in these iron heads that I have. You're not understanding that those heads are intended to be built with a certain shaft at a certain weight at a certain length. And as soon as you start manipulating any one of those factors, you can run into these these discrepancies, whether it be in weight or flex that end up hindering you. and the problem is when we're out there on the range grinding, we don't want a set of clubs that's going to create a variable we don't even know exists, right? We want to understand that our clubs are a neutral fit for us. So anything that the ball does is something our swing produced, right? And I think that's the most important thing is understanding that, look, if you fit into something an inch over length and you play a midsize plus four grip, you can't just walk into a shop and have them plug those shafts and throw those grips on and expect everything to be exactly how it's supposed to be. 
You know, you can't jump down to a lighter weight shaft than the, in, than the head is intended to be played with thinking you're going to drop weight because you're going to have to add more weight to offset the balance that you've created. And then you're right where you were before. Yeah, you have a lightweight shaft, but now you have counterweight that has now made the overall weight the same as it was before, right? So it doesn't seem too productive. So um, when you're getting work done, just make sure you're thorough. If you're not in a position where you can either wait um, you know, for a custom build from a manufacturer, um, for any reason, and, and someone's going to just throw them together for you in a shop, pay for the swing weighting, you know, pay for them to at least measure everything and adjust for it a little bit. Um, if, if you want to cut weight and you're trying to make the round feel a little bit easier on you by the end of the round, just do it the right way. Um, there, there's a lot to it. Obviously it's not necessarily something I could just dive into right now and explain everything, but the most important thing to me is swing weight. Um, and you have to be critical of it. I, I recently went through an experience where I built a set of irons at D5 because I wanted to experiment with a heavier swing weight. I figured I have enough beef to get through it. It's going to be okay. The truth is it's not. The irons I played my best golf with were D1, which on paper to me seems like a light fit. But the truth is it just happened to work for me. And anytime I build anything outside of D3 or anything lower than D0, it's just not functional. The problem is when you're having something built and not paying for something to be swing weighted, it'll fall outside of those parameters quite often. And you have a guy who's playing something, you know, an inch over length that's now D7 or D8, which feels like a 10 pound sledgehammer in your hand. You're just not going to play good golf. And you did that because you wanted to save 70 bucks on swing weighting or whatever it might be. That stuff begins to be very important with the putter and the driver. When you start getting to the super short and super long clubs in the bag, the variables tend to have a little more influence. Um, you know, a lot of people will pay a lot of money for a brand new driver off the rack and then lock three quarters of an inch off of it and just send it. And it's like, well, that's four or five swing weights. The driver's intended to be played at D5 and now you're at D1. Like you have to either add weight back to the head or figure out what to do there to get it to where you want it. Because then you're just going to end up returning it. You know, you're going to go down to Roger Dunn and your 90 day deal is available. So you'll just swap it out for the Callaway and you'll say this TaylorMade driver sucks. And it's like that driver doesn't suck. You're playing it incorrectly at the wrong swing weight with the wrong weight in the shaft whatever it might be so you have to give the club a chance to perform you know you have to give the club a chance to produce the numbers you're expecting it to produce and a lot of people get lost in that and they're just like i can just do whatever i want and then experiment it's like okay well you're gonna have a lot of experimental scores you know yeah yeah like i was thinking through that chris like you do a lot of wedges right so as you say like it's gonna affect the top or the bottom or the you know, the shorter yeah. clubs in the bag. So yeah. you run into that a lot. Like, cause I know a lot of your stuff would be like custom. You guys are both doing a lot of custom work too. So, um, like, you know, my putters down there being manipulated in some sense. Right. So like, um, currently, or like some people are doing that with wedges and stuff too. Like with you guys doing a lot of custom work, do you find that the client is like, say I come to you to get an actual custom set done and I'm, I'm talking like an aesthetically pleasing custom set. So, are you finding that that customer is looking for it to just look good or they want that performance level as well? I would say 95% of the customers that I build clubs for wouldn't feel or notice the difference between being a half inch over or a half inch under or a full swing weight point either direction. Right. Um, I would say that the, the, the people that I build clubs for on a daily basis would be somewhere between like a 10 handicap and like a 22 handicap, you know, like I would say 95% of the people that I build clubs for are strictly after the aesthetics of 
the kind of the colorways and the schemes that I choose and I go after. And I also don't really give people a hell of a lot of choice. Um, it's kind of one of the, you know, gives and takes about having your clubs built by me is that I really, I take into consideration what you asked for, but really at the end of the day, it's my name on the clubs. And every time you show someone the clubs, they're, you're going to tell them who built them. And I would rather that be my choice than yours. So that makes me feel to, good. Cause I, I sent you a putter and gave you no information. <laughs> I just, exactly. so, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would rather, um, be judged on the merit of my own creativity than be judged on the red, black, and white color scheme that you wanted because your bag right now is black, red, and white. Right. I just, I think that the people that I deal with are extraordinarily opinionated, generally speaking, but, um, I also don't really, I don't want to say care because I do care what they want. I just want to do it my way because they're going to be happy with what they get. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what I was thinking, right? Cause you know, the average person, I would say I know a lot more about swing weights than the average person. I know Definitely. probably next to nothing compared to the two of you. Um, but a lot compared I to like some of my buddies who just go out and swing the club. Right. So it's like when I'm sending it to you guys, uh, the idea is that, you know, we might have a discussion about it a little bit, but I think a lot of people might want just that kind of ex aesthetically pleasing look. So it's almost kind of being left up to you guys to, if you manipulate it a little bit, you kind of got to figure it out, right? You got to find a space, yeah. right? So you got to kind of bring it back to maybe where it was. So the feel is not all that much, much difference. Cause like you said, you just go grab a tailor-made stealth off the rack. You saw off a half inch because it feels more comfortable to you. And then all of a sudden you're swinging it different. You're getting a different outcome. It's a lot different. You think the driver yeah. sucks and a lot of time it's uh yeah, user error. Right. So, well, that kind of goes back to what I told you about communication, you know, because I have a lot yeah. of customers who are like, look, I, I, I'm not super critical. And then I just simply tell them, OK, well, if, if I mock this up and anything looks wild, I'll call you. Yeah, it's that simple, you know, and Perfect. if everything falls within the parameters where I think it's it's going to be OK, um, then we're good. And, and I tend to, to provide, you know, a plan A and a plan B. And plan A is usually, look, we'll swing with these right out the gate and you'll pay for it. and We'll get everything dialed in the way it should be. Um, plan B is you take them how they are, and if you don't like it and you want a little, add a little more weight, bring them back and we'll cork them. And we'll add a little tungsten in the shaft and we'll drop a cork in. And, you know, a 12 handicap isn't going to notice whether it's weighted with a cork or whether the head's drilled out or, or tip weight. Yeah, you know, like it's yeah. yeah, I'm twirling my stick, staring it down, into the ground. It's a good chance that I'm in it. The revolution's like a hundred of men. They see me twirling that club. That's how you know that I love it. Yeah, I make it look easy. There really ain't many that do how I does. All right, Brandon, we were just yeah, talking a little sir. bit about uh, like shipping and stuff like that. That's okay for you right now. Like, is, so are most people just coming to you in person? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Being in a retail store, ninety-five percent of my work is walk-ins. Um, the stuff that I take as far as remote work is honestly just kind of based on discretion, if someone really comes to me and they're like, dude, I have no one near me who I trust to do these builds and I'm usually willing to do it, but there's a lot of risk involved in, in shipping stuff back and forth. And it's just a liability. I'm not super down for supporting. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I typically will encourage that people don't ship stuff, but uh -oh. you know, obviously <laughs> yeah, that makes, desperate, we'll, we'll make it work. Makes me a little nervous with my, uh, my Delmar in, uh, in traffic right now or in, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's in Chris's garage. Who knows? Do you I knock on wood? I, I've had nothing happen to anyone's clubs. 
Well, I know AJ. I got AJ's hat on right Don't now from Pioneer. Yeah, you're okay. It's it's doing okay. I know. I know AJ had those mirrors done with you too. So the shipping, like it can happen. And then he got them built by a, a friend up here, which is pretty cool. But I, I don't know. I think if you're shipping anything with a shaft on it and it's like going any any distance, I just that's just a problem waiting to happen. I think, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, iron's not so mean. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, like pretty much 100 percent of my work is done via FedEx or post office. So. Um, I've had pretty, pretty good luck with that, honestly. Yeah. I think it's just trying to find like your, your balance or whatever it works or whatever company you can ship with. Just don't send it like Air Canada right now. Cause if, uh, it's going to get lost in an airport somewhere, but, uh, what do you have on the go right now? Like you were saying that you, you reshaft like 200 clubs a month. Is that what you're saying, Brian? Yeah. I mean, like I, I, would I believe that today's my, that. my third day off. I took a three day hiatus just because I needed a little time and I'm probably going to walk back into, I know I have two full sets of irons that got to be done by Friday. I'm going to walk into the overload from the last three days of people snapping their clubs over their knees and needing them done by their round on Saturday. All this <laughs> typical bullshit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty much pedal to the floor every day, bust out as much shit as I can and hope that the next day, you know, I don't get too much in. It's, it's wild. You have any, anything like custom on the go that you're working on right now? Yeah. I've got a set of uh, MP 32s for a lefty friend of mine that he had refinished in like a satin. Um, and we're going to run those with some BBNF ferrules and project X LS shaft. So it's going to be kind of a satin on satin look. I think it's going to be really cool. White Iomics to finish it off. Um, what else do I have? I have a couple things back there from some friends. Um, a couple wood shaft builds. Uh, I got a friend who's testing some new driver shafts, so we've got some uh, some new stuff from Mitsubishi in there. Um, but other than that, it's most of it's just cookie cutter and you know, black stuff barrels. Yeah, wood wood like you're still doing some wood builds right now. Yeah, occasionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did a I did a, a bore through the other day, a, a big berth of two wood for a guy. He he walked out the door spending about 170 bucks on that just because it was a club he wanted to play. Um, but you know, I encouraged him from the beginning. If if you're gonna spend the money on this, do it right. Do it some cool. Yeah, don't try to be cheap and spend 60 bucks on a 20 year old club. You know, if you want something fun, do it right. So we went with uh, Fujikura Vista Pro, which at 95 bucks for a wood shaft is awesome. Um, I sell dozens of those a week. It's absurd. And it's probably the best price point out there, you know, without going down to like a pro launch blue or a pro force V2 or a shaft. That's a little more harsh in feel. Um, Fuckers. I mean, the Grapholoid blue is good, man, but the new <laughs> pro launch, the, the, the pro launch versions, all these new ones are just not that good. The I was going to say, yeah, you might be offending the big man here. Some of these, uh, with some of these. No, he knows. Here. He knows. <laughs> he goes. He buys yeah. pallets of the Japanese pro launches from <laughs> ten years ago. Those are totally different. <laughs> Those are good chests, man. You got any like favorite all-time builds? Like anything that sticks out to you that you uh, that you like? I know I asked Chris the same question as well, and and his answer now is going to obviously be the the Delmar that I. Uh, that I sent down, but, uh, anything that you, uh, that you've been working on or that you've worked on in the past that kind of sticks out to you. I've done a couple Scotties that I thought came out really good, but recently I built a set of MB one Oh ones, uh, some mirrors for my friend, Brian, that came out like absolutely stunning. They were yeah. dynamic gold X 100, 120 tour issues. So the lighter version of the one twenty of the, of the X 100. Um, and I hit them afterwards and was just like dumbfounded. I mean, 
This build was probably one of the more intense ones I've done because he likes progressive swing weight. So I actually started D1 with the four iron and worked my way down to D3 and a half in the pitching wedge and, and basically step each club about a half a swing weight. And mirrors are designed to play at about D3 or D4. So I had to hand drill out every single head. And by the end of it, I had a pile of shavings that I could fill in my hand. Um, so it was probably the most custom build I've done on something super premium that could have gone completely south but didn't. Yeah. So I think that's why I'd like that one the most because it was the one that was, you know, at the end of the day, that's like a lot of people's dream set. Mirror blades, you know, yep. brand new shafts, ionic grips. Um, it, it was just a really clean, simple build. We put the the BBNF key rat on there. It's a, a pink, black, silver, and white ferrule that just set it off. I'm looking at those um, right now. They're, yeah, they're that's sweet, man. They're those unbelievable. So they're absolutely unbelievable. So for three grand, you can get a pretty nice set of clubs. <laughs> yeah, you could do the same with three thousand dollars, sir. Yeah. What's uh, Chris? What were the ones that you built for AJ, or uh, that you uh, stripped down for AJ? His were the the MB also, but um, his were a new a newer model than the one that Brandon just threw together. Not 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 saying anyone's better than the other. They're both they're they're mirror. It's hard to go wrong. Yeah, I mean, like if someone said like, "Hey man, do you want to play this fucking thick ass game improvement mirror iron?" I would say like, I bet they feel really good. So yeah, probably yeah. Um, I just uh, his were kind of the same feeling for for me like. Uh, that Brandon just described like kind of a tense feeling the entire time you're working on them because like, you know, you spend uh, a minute too long on the sander in one area and, you know, you owe that guy a $300 head and just they're, they, they are very stressful to work on. Um, they're so, they're, 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 they're so tight tolerance and, you know, like the shafts fit absolutely perfectly in them. There's no like, extra wiggle in the hosel, you know, like everything is as tight and as firm as could be. Um, yeah. you find you, uh, put shafting beads in mirrors, Brandon, or did you just go epoxy? No, I, I usually can't fit them in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I find too that shafting beads too, for some reason for me, they, they sometimes get in the way of the ferrule in the hosel. You know, totally. a lot of guys will put shafting beads on everything. Um, but I mean, if you can get the I shaft. I do it on wedges probably. just because people hit down on them so hard. Yeah. No, and I, I put them in probably 80% of what I do. Um, yeah. But for me, you know, it, it, it everything fits a little better without them as long as it's snug. The problem is nowadays with manufacturing where it is, there's very few companies that produce anything that's tight enough to not have to use them. Absolutely. Um, totally you know, anyone who builds clubs knows that ping in the 410 and the 400 series absolutely fucked everything up. And you have to order specific ferrules for those irons because they're so horrendously sloppy. I mean, yeah. I, got, I was on the phone with someone at Ping who said, oh, I'll be completely honest with you. We engineered those wrong. The hosels are the wrong size. Nice. So yeah. It's just a prime example of what us builders have to absorb when it comes to OEMs cutting corners to save money. And that yeah. shit can get frustrating. So when it comes down to building a set of mirrors, I feel like it's it, it, it feels too good to be true when you throw them together and they fit so well. And it makes it so much more fun to build them. Because you know you're not going to have to go bend all of those discrepancies out. You know, the shaft is laying a degree flat, and then you got to go bend it back a degree upright, whatever it might be. All that stuff yeah. does not occur with mirrors. If you reshaft a set of mirrors, they're the same loft and lies they were when you pulled the shafts. And it's it's just, it's really nice. And guys like us can appreciate that. 
for sure. True. Like you, you probably like you guys see it all. Like you say, like you got guys snapping their clubs or somebody else snapping their clubs when they hear something else and they've snapped or whatever it may be. But like, is that the biggest fall point? Is like right at the hosel? Would you say? That's the biggest fault when it comes to things breaking right. yeah. during usage. Um, I think the whole adapter thing is bad for the engineering of the club. Um, any time there's slop, there's usually issues. And because an adapter fits tight to us, it, realistically, there's some play there. Um, a lot of shafts shear off right at the adapter. And that's why those are covered under warranty because it's an issue that everyone knows is a result of the whole adapter situation. Um, you know, I have a lot of people tell me a shaft shouldn't break halfway up when they break it. And I simply reply with, you're right. It shouldn't. So <laughs> what did you do to do this? Because there's a lot of guys like me who've been playing golf for a decade or longer, and we've never had a club break. So either our stuff is just so much stiffer that it's not breaking or we're just not snapping shit over. Our yeah. Head. I've only, I've only broken two clubs. One was on a backswing. It, it caught a branch that I didn't see. And it just like, that was my own fault. And it oh, just wow. kind of like, yeah, it just buckled and, and hung there for a second. Right. And then the other one was a bit more recently. It was a KBS shaft, uh, broke like right between my hands, like, like literally like right at this point. So like right in the, uh, like right between anybody's just kind of listening to us right between where the hands are fit. And I actually stuffed it to like three feet too, is a great shot. <laughs> and, uh, and I just kind of like felt something in my hands, like let it go. And it had just cracked. So like they replaced it right away, which was great. Um, so good for TaylorMade sent me a right-handed club first and then, uh, it was backwards. So then they sent me a left-handed club, but it worked out. It was all right. But, uh, it was pretty bizarre though, to just have it like a clean snap, right. With the, with with steel it just seems something that was uh i don't know strange i don't know i would bet that someone probably tried to cut that shaft for a smaller for a shorter club first but didn't get all the way through it and then was just like fuck it put it back in the top of that well and one thing too that i've noticed with breaks like that um is people don't realize like when you go to grab a club out of a bag if you have a 14 way or something with dividers or even if there's a pinch point and let me grab one of these. Sorry, I'm dealing with a ping bag that's junk. I got a 14-way. Don't buy a 14-way hoofer. Buy a 5-way. <laughs> um, so if you're taking the club out of the bag and you pull on it before it gets completely out of the divider, sometimes it can actually dent the shaft. Yeah. Um, and then eventually it will fail. And I've, I've seen brakes under the handle probably far more often than I should, but I also know that a lot of people will pull on a club as they're walking away from the cart before it's completely out of the bag. Um, and I think that that sometimes can produce that same break, but there's also the side of it where a lot of shafts nowadays are just light and light is thin wall and thin wall is fragile. And you know, when you have a tailor-made sim with a 85 gram steel shaft in it, that shaft is brittle. You know, I, I've seen more lightweight shafts snap than heavy by a mile. So obviously it's gotta be, it's gotta be a factor. Yeah. So it was just power to sum that up. It was just, just raw power. power. Just raw yeah. power. Raw cool. Power. Like it. Okay. Brandon, um, why should somebody choose you over Chris? They're getting some work done. <laughs> You're a better club builder. Because they're it. closer to me. That's the only reason. <laughs> we knew got, this one was coming. We knew this one was coming. If he's, uh, got, he's, he's got the element of um, like quantity while still maintaining quality. I'm really easy to distract and I lose interest really quickly. And so that's why I have to do things the way that I do them, kind of not giving people like an option, because if I 
if I'm not given the option, I'm going to do it super slow at my speed, whenever I feel like it, whenever I get a free second. But if you let me do it the way that I want to do it, I'll get it done a lot faster and get it out in the mail quicker. I just, because he does volume, we're both good at our own separate things, but Brandon is probably a lot. He knows more about uh, longer clubs to shaft frequency, um, how it relates to what the manufacturer says it should be. And I think that, that just is um, more of a matter of daily experience as opposed yeah. to like, and volume. Yeah. It's sure. almost totally volume. I think a big part of it yeah. is, is that I also have, you know, and I probably count them on one hand, you know, I have a small group of friends that come to me that are, I don't want to say difficult, but very complex customers. Um, because for me, the difficult stuff is fun, right? So I don't shy away from it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I get a lot of people who have very specific intentions. And if someone brings me a build sheet and says, I want this at this exact swing weight at this length, blah, 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 blah. Um, I usually have to stretch myself a little more to get it exactly where they want it. And like Chris is saying, you learn through those, you know, builds. You don't really learn through just stuffing something together and throwing it on the scale and sending it. Yeah. Um, so I'm lucky enough to have enough crazy customers and a good crazy, but enough crazy customers that put me through these trials, you know, over and over and over again, that, that give me this insight that I have now. Man, you guys truly are friends. I was hoping to get a nice reel or a good sound bite out of that question. I, uh, I thought about that a little bit earlier and was thinking, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, we're not going to aggressive it. enough. Yeah. We're, we're, well, the thing that, that kind of like <laughs> both of us to be friends is that neither one of us has like a, a real prominent, like gatekeepy ego. And like, you find oh. that a lot of club builders and like really hardcore golfers is that they just is like, because your grandpa took you to the range when you were a kid or like your coach in high school showed you how to build golf clubs. Like suddenly no one else is capable of doing what you do, yeah. even though very like simple and straightforward task like because you learned how to do it when you were a kid suddenly no one else is allowed to do it or like you just do it better and i think both of us are very big into the the ideology that that's just not the case basically yeah. anyone can build a golf club it's just how well can you build it like yeah you know are are your ferals as beautiful and flesh as ours uh, you know, are, are your bends as good as ours? Is your torching as good as ours or as consistent? You know, is your reshaping as good? Because this thing was a dog toy. And now this thing has the sharpest lines. Man, that is beautiful. That you can... Thank you, sir. Can this you describe that? Like, it, it, you know, we don't get a, we, we get a lot more audio uh, listeners than we do video. So Chris is showing us right now an old Scotty. It's, it's not mine, but. This is a studio design 1.5. Um, it's probably from 1994 or 1995. Yeah. Um, it's a 355 gram head. Uh, and the thing, it was probably 370 with the amount of rust that was on it that had to be taken off. So now it's, you know, back down to spec, but, uh, that will be kind of like a, probably a gunmetal ish because I only like really permanent finishing. Yeah, that's uh, sweet. Don't give me any more. No, I don't want to. You're going to give me too much info on mine. Plus, too, I, I, I dragged that question out because I can edit, like, you know, so I'm going to be able to, like, edit something where I'm, like, pinning the two of you against one another just, or something. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I, just, just kidding. Uh, I just really like finishes that are that are built to last. And, like, that's yeah. why I don't do anything that's, like, nitride or oxide or, um, you know, like a Cerakote. 
I, 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 w- I won't ever do anything like that on just the sheer principle that in a few years, when you yank that putter out of your bag and you dragged it down the cart path a few thousand times, that thing's not going to look nearly as good as when it left the oven and went into a box and came to your fucking house. Yeah. I would rather people look at this thing, you know, in five years and go, wow, you know, you had this thing refinished five years ago. It looks amazing, you know, and that's a simple just understanding of how to heat and then quench metal so that it's sealed and rusts on your watch, you know, as you want it to rust, because you can very easily take the rust away from your putter with a, the back of a kitchen sponge if you really want to, you know, like, um, I don't recommend doing it that way, but you could, I just, I like the idea of permanence and, um, kind of aging gracefully and the way that nature intended. If you use a putter cover, which is important, of course, a lot of people don't like using putter covers. It's no, dude, I've it's got like a, it's a real thing. Man. I've got way too many, man. Way too many. Which actually, Chris, I remember telling you about that bag that I got from uh, Camino, and they sent me this nice putter cover. I opened up the box, and this was in it. This is pretty Ooh, sweet, man. That's nice. I like yeah, that. It was just like sitting in the bag, so that was a that was a bonus. Love so. the Tiffany in that big yeah, fan. Thanks to Camino because those bags are yeah. nice too. So good, man. They are nice, man. I've seen those. I've been thinking about them. You Brandy's uh, got a friend. Over at uh, Almigos, they make some pretty, uh, some pretty amazing covers. Yeah, I actually let me go grab one. I'll be right back. They got a, a British open one I snagged. That's pretty wild. Well, and uh, like we've talked a lot about AJ, even this episode too. AJ from Pioneer. I know I say AJ, but uh, Pioneer Golf. Like Chris, I know you got a couple of his things too, and uh, that's I'm my yeah, that's my current man. that's my current putter covers. Um, I said the exact same thing to him. I was like, oh, can I get like a blade style cover up the Delmar? And uh, I just said, if you can throw the pod logo on it, uh, very minimalist look. And I didn't ask for colors, nothing. I said, whatever you want to do, man, is good with me. And he like sent me one over. It had like my old high school colors, which was really cool. I don't That's know if he like story. dug into my Facebook like you were talking about last time, but he. Uh, I'm yeah. telling you, dude, it's weird. It's creepy, <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, this is one of the Pioneers covers. This is. I think this one's called a herring or a herringbone. Yeah. It's one of my favorite covers. Yeah, and then he sweet. also was nice enough to make me a set of custom sticks that have yeah. his logo and a swing easy right there. Man, I was just, Man. I was just, I was blown away by, you know, his generosity when we traded for some work. Yeah. He's such um, a good guy, man. I was not expecting, you know, his, I was not expecting them to be so, so thick and so like, uh, so hardy so you know well made and stuff that was a that was a really great um little surprise to open up that box and not only see mirrors that i couldn't hit but see those (laughs) yeah he's playing at like one of the top clubs up here in canada i think it was ranked like number 15 so um but what do you got there brandon you said you were going to grab a cover yeah so he mentioned my buddy uh over at almigos al guyberger jr so this was the british open one they just dropped pretty cool it's made out of like material yeah um, and then i have the masters one which you know it's cool for me because he's out in the desert this is uh it's my hometown you know but like for this one he's got augusta and then la quinta california on there with a little hammock in between so he does all these cool limited releases um but you know it's like anything else there's so many head covers out there that yeah you just gotta find something you like not what everyone else is gonna look at not what's cool you know, I mean, like, I this is the first swag head cover I've ever bought. I'm just a big F1 fan. I snagged one of these. I had a good friend, Anthony, who actually collects these, and, and he uh, 
he found this one for me. So like, it's always the stuff I like. And I, I see so many people caught up in like, what's going to get me the most attention. Yeah. Dude, just I, buy something that's cool to you. Yeah. Like I'm the same way. Like we're lucky. We've got four of the best like head cover companies in the world up here in Kano with Rawhide, Dormy, Hazel, Hazel. and uh, Pioneer. Right. So this, yeah. this, yeah. this Hazel head cover is not rad. Yeah, oh, it's so titties. Well, that's the thing. Like he had sent a couple over for Bryce and I, and, um, we did a giveaway with them around, uh, I think it was around Canada Day or the Canadian open. And, um, he said, Oh, I don't know if I like that one. He, the other one, he didn't love that much. And he said, I'll just send it anyway. And, and we ended up doing two, two different, like separate giveaways. And, uh, yeah, it's the guy took the other one that he didn't like love or whatever. So I was saying like, man, like, you know, you gotta, your work is good, man. It's good stuff. Like yeah. we're, we're lucky. Like we got a couple premium ones. Like obviously Dormy's kind of the gold standard and they're the, the big one. Like they do all the work, like they do a lot of tour work and stuff like that. But yeah, those other guys are uh, doing some pretty awesome stuff. I got one of each on the bag. Um, we got like, I don't know, seven or eight minutes or so. I know you guys got to get that range. I love asking guys like you, this question, Brandon, can we go through the bag a little bit? We don't have to do specs, but can you just talk about yeah. kind of currently what your game and maybe start at the top and roll through the bottom? Yeah. So right now um, I'm running the rogue ST triple diamond LS. Um, I went through my trials with the stealth. I went through my trials with this. Um, I am kind of biased with this driver. I consider this the best driver ever made um, for me. Obviously, it's different. Chris is bagging my stealth right now that we worked a little little trade on because he absolutely crushes it. I think there's something here's for a, everyone. There's one half of the trade deal, right? One here. half of the trade. Yeah. Um, so I'm running Ventus TR. I have a Speeder NX as well. I'm kind of trying to figure out which one of these works better for me. I'm running into the same issue everyone runs into. I have a shaft that works well for power when I jump on it, and I have a shaft that works better for that stock fairway swing. I have to decide what I'm going to use more often. Um, I tend to play golf to have fun. I like to jump on it. I'm not really out there to score, so I'm probably going to lean towards TR. Me too, man. Um, you and me both. Right? Next club down, my trusty Callaway UW-17. I probably won't take this out for a long time. I'm actually thinking about matching this up with a 19 to kind of fit a gap there uh, just outside of 200. This thing has been, to me, incredible. I can go left absolutely right with it. That thing. I love that club, dude. It, to me, it, it, it allows me to hit types of shots that you can't hit with a fairway wood or a hybrid. You know, you, you yeah. typically, when you build a, a fairway wood, you have to build it to a bias. Um, you know, depending on how you shaft it, it can be fade bias or draw bias. It's really hard to find a fairway wood that will do both. And to me, the, the UW does both. So that's why I run that. Um, I recently switched back to um, uh, VR Forge Pro Combos, so the second gen Pro Combos. As I mentioned, I worked for Nike for a while. So I uh, these were actually my gamers back in the day. I don't have the index to play these anymore, but yeah, I ran VR so Pros. Chris, were we talking about those the other long day? Long time. These ones. Yeah, because like yeah. Bryce was saying that he had an opportunity to get some, and he had a pitching wedge that had like a ding on it, so he like passed yeah. them or something. I don't he, know. He was he was talking about this at the yeah. The views. Yeah, as soon yeah, as you see you know, those, it's, it's just a must buy, right? Like, this is a weird spot for me because I mean, you can see the shape that these are in, and I game these for almost two years. I kept iron covers on these. And now that it's 2022 and no one can get these, I'm kind of laughing at all the shit that I got for years because I knew one <laughs> day, like one day, is just oh, yeah. I mean that thing right there, dumb. 
Like, it's a six hundred dollar driving iron. So stupid, dude. Yeah, so I'm running uh, but basically VR Forge Pro combos down to the pitching wedge with uh, KBS Tour V120. So I'm going a little lighter. I've ran 130 my whole life. Recently dropped down to 120. I'm liking it. It spins the ball a little more, but I mean it's it's the Tiger theory. You want your setup to spin as much as possible, and you'll take the spin off when you need to. You know, you hit your knockdowns, you hit your soft hand shots when you need to, but set your irons up to spin like holy hell, and then work down from there. Um, Mizuno T20 wedges. I'm pretty proud of these because they're kind of one of my first really wild custom builds for my own bag. So I did the uh, the Martini Racing kind of livery colors here, uh, white KBS, baby blue MCCs, and then the the blue Ion T20 head. So yeah. those are the wedges in the bag. Even if uh, you're watching on YouTube, it doesn't do it any justice, man. Those things are absolutely beautiful. Those yeah, I mean, everything you're seeing is on my page, you know, yeah. one way or another. So if you want some close-up pics there. Um, recently switched to a Phantom. This was weird for me. This is the first Scotty Cameron I've ever bought. A little red, white, and blue. Nice. Translucent in the back. Um, I ditched the putter that actually, yeah, I don't know if I have it here or if it's in the other room, but I got a putter through Chris. Um, a Fenton RDS super stock that is just absolutely insane. Um, and I can't seem to find it right now. But it's an SS28 blackout. I was putting lights out with that thing so i kind of assumed this phantom would just be for fun and it would have no place in my bag but as soon as i bagged this i started putting even better so nice. this was a blessing for me this thing is the longest um this direction it's it's the, got the longest tails out of any phantom so it's the most stable uh, i i have a decent amount of touch on the short putts so I, I tend to be able to make those work with anything but for me you know if you have a really long stroke you're trying to hit a 40 50 60 foot putt um, a lot of these mallets are just way more stable with a big swing. And I'm, I'm kind of starting to realize that, you know, my game's not where it was before. I can't hit it to, to 10 feet all the time anymore. So I have a lot more long putts. So the, the mallets, it's, it's working. Hey, if it works, right? Like you said, yeah. they're, on, they're on your Instagram page, right? So before we let yeah. you go, can we grab your handle? Like anybody, I'll link it below. Anybody wants to go check yeah. it out? Shafts and balls underscore between the shafts and, and the balls. It's uh catchy name i honestly kind of came up with it early on because i figured it would grab attention you know down the line when i open up shop on my own i'll be able to just flip that page over to whatever name i want but for now that's the way it is and yeah it's perfect stuck i i I didn't think it would be something that people liked as much you know golf was always kind of a little stuck up but i I started to notice times have changed and it seems to be appreciated a little more now it sure has man i blended it with a manscape ad that i absolutely that was that was brilliant that was uh, perfect uh, that would have been such a better delivery if i could have done it right so that's okay though ots golf 20 percent off plus free shipping um i know you guys got to get to the range uh chris thanks again man for co-hosting i know you're kind of working on the go but uh Really appreciate it, Brandon. This was great. We're going to have to have you guys back on again. It was awesome, guys. Just to uh, chat. It's kind of cool. Hopefully people are interested. I know Dalton's sticking with us to this point. So if anybody is, Dalton is still here. So thank you, man. I know he's still going to be here listening. But uh, but yeah, we'll have to uh, have you back on in the future, man. We'll just chat some golf. Enjoy the range, guys. Enjoy it. Thank you, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. He's out in my ball and of course so I tee up. I lose the ball and I re-up. I miss the fairway, I probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach. And I'm on a par five and I'm finna go reach it. Second was blind, I see it. Feel like it might be an average. I was working scenario.